Hello my angels and welcome back to Progress Process, the podcast where we learn to see interruptions as introductions and breakdowns as breakthroughs. Before I get into today's topic, I want you to take a deep breath in and let it out. And just check in with yourself. How are you feeling in this moment? If you're happy or content, I just want you to revel in that for a second. Just sit in it. If you're struggling or tired or worn out, just try to name the emotion quietly to yourself. Think about what's led you there. And now think of one kind thing that you can do for yourself today. Listening to this is a start. And on that hopefully calming note, let's get into this week's topic. Today, I want to talk to you about keeping your cup full. Now, we hear this phrase banded about quite a lot these days, but what does it mean? I want you to visualize a cup with a jug pouring into it and a valve at the bottom that you can open and close. Kind of like those taps that you get on, you know, box wine. (laughs) Box wine. Um, I'll draw a sample one. I'm going to stick it up on my Instagram for those of you that like to have the visuals to hand or you could draw your own or if you're able to just visualize it in your head and have that work for you then go for it. Each one of you will have different things that add to or take away from your cup. I want you to write the things that are going to add to your cup in the little jug that's pouring into it and I want you to write the things that are going to take away from your cup next to the little valve. I'm going to talk about them a little bit more as the episode goes on and we'll come up with them all together. Now, one size doesn't fit all. I'm going to talk to you today about mine, but there may be other things that work for you. I'm an ambivert. Now that means that I'm often outgoing in social situations and I can talk to pretty much anyone, but I recharge by being by myself. A natural extrovert is energized by being around people and prefers to be around people more frequently and may recharge by being with people. A natural introvert will earn more on the shy side, even in social situations, and will feel much more comfortable and recharged after spending time in their own company. Which one are you? If you don't already know, I want to encourage you now to just do a little bit of research along with some self-reflection and look at what kind of situations energize you and which ones drain you. That knowledge is going to be key in our cup filling exercise. Now, there are certain activities that we are going to want to cut out altogether. And I'm sure you can imagine what those might be. But there are also certain depleting activities that are a natural part of life. And this exercise is going to help us put in the best foundation possible to stop those from emptying our cup entirely. I personally would happily live life as a lady of leisure but seeing as no one is going to be paying me to make this podcast just yet hint hint work is a fact of life that I'll just have to factor into the depleting category when I plan my week some of you are going to have children who as wonderful as they are will often leave you feeling drained at times I'm not suggesting you ship them off but what we're going to look at is contingencies that we can put in place around anything that drains us in our lives to make sure that we're looking after ourselves as well as other people. To begin with this task may seem like more work than it's worth but like anything the more you practice the more natural a part of your life it will become. 
It now comes totally naturally to me to factor in some downtime each week to make sure I'm not totally depleted when the next work week rolls around. And this couples really nicely with the crisis prevention plan that we talked about last week. Continuously taking stock of how full your cup is is so important to prevent burnouts and meltdowns. From personal experience, I know that so many of my meltdowns could have been headed off at the past with some well-scheduled respite. Now, I've alluded to my hospital admission a couple of times, but I'm just going to lay it all bare for you today as an example of what not to do and what happened to me when I had no concept of how to keep my cup full. In June 2018, I had just landed a job as a newly qualified early years teacher. Bear in mind that I'd been studying alongside working full-time for the whole of the previous year to gain that qualification, and my first mistake was thinking that I didn't deserve a break before starting my new job. I started working in a nursery. I was put in charge of two members of staff, as well as the education and care of 15 babies, no small feat. Those of you who know me will know how much I love tiny humans. They are close to my absolute favorite thing in the world. And when I finished my PGCE and landed that job, I was in heaven. I couldn't wait to get stuck in. But on top of that, I'll be honest with you and say that I was desperate to prove myself to everyone to my friends, my family, the team, and my boss, who I admired so much. My second mistake was placing more importance on what they thought of me than on my own well-being. But we'll get to that as the story unfolds. So at this point, I had two years sobriety under my belt, as well as just over a year's recovery from my first hospital admission for depression. And I'll admit to you right now that I thought I had my mental health licked. I'd managed to get my PGCE, which plenty of people will tell you is one of the most gruelling years study you will do in the teaching world. And plenty of my cohort, including me, spent nights in tears on the phone to each other, thinking that we wouldn't be able to finish and that our lives were over. But I digress. Um, I got the PGCE, two years sober, mental health relatively stable for a year. So here I went, full pelt into a new job. Now my commute was an hour and a half each way and my working hours were eight till six. I'll let you do the maths, but my days were long and my desire to do the absolute best for the kids meant that I often brought my work home. So I'd be up until one or two in the morning writing observations, making resources and whatever for the following day. Now the first thing I let slip was my sleep. At the time, I felt like as long as I'm getting seven or eight hours a night, I'm fine. But in reality, I was so tense and anxious because I was so obsessed by achieving that I was waking up five or six times a night anyway. And even if I was getting seven hours sleep, having your life just be work and sleep is not a healthy balance. I'm gonna say that again for you, not a healthy balance. And I still wanted a social life. So on weekends, I'd be out socializing, which for me is another activity where I have to make sure I fill my cup before or afterwards because it drains me. And sleep alone is not going to do that. Cut to December 2018 and I was on my last legs. We'd been working towards an offset inspection and I could feel the wheels starting to come off. I'd gone from crying a lot, probably through like October, September, October, November, to by the time December came around, I wasn't feeling anything, I was numb. I would roll out of bed in the morning, get on the train to work, do my wake day, work day, sorry, get home, sleep, and then roll out of bed the next day to do it all over again. Rinse, repeat. 
and I was starting to feel more and more and more like a zombie. The day after the inspection, which we smashed, by the way, outstandings all round, I got home and I was so tired that I genuinely couldn't even make it up the stairs. No word of an exaggeration. Now I called my friend and just was like, I'm so tired, I don't know what's happening, da 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 da. And she said that it sounded like I was drunk and that I was slurring my words. Something really, really, really wasn't right. And at that point, I messaged my psychiatrist to tell him that I needed to come and see him. And when he called me and heard my voice, he said, I need you to come in tomorrow. So I called work to tell them that I needed to see him. They said, oh, can you come and work at eight o'clock tomorrow morning and then go and see him in the afternoon? Right, so just gives you an idea of the kind of people that I was working for. I picked up my phone to try and work out the trains that I would need to get to work and I physically could not make sense of the train times. My brain quite literally wasn't working. I told them I would not be coming into work and surprise, surprise, the next day I was admitted to hospital. When my mom and sister came to visit me in hospital, they said that it was like talking to a five-year-old. I couldn't pick up a pen. I couldn't write. My short-term memory was non-existent. People had to tell me when I'd been to the toilet. I was like that for two weeks in hospital before the symptoms slowly started to ease off. And what I was told was that I had a severe physical reaction to stress and lack of sleep. Now, I'm not by any means saying that this is going to happen to all of you if you don't meditate or light a candle each day or whatever, but this is an extreme example of what can happen if you do not make sure that your cup is full before you expend energy. I learned the hard way that self-care and recharging is so, so, so important. I was so concerned about being seen as successful and able that I totally forgot to put my needs into the equation. I now see this breakdown as a breakthrough because it's helped me to stop caring about what my life looks like from the outside, but actually how it feels on the inside. That is what matters. And here, we're going to start with daily practices. Now, some of these I've talked about already but I want you to bear with me because these things cannot be talked about enough when it comes to self-care and mental health. And sometimes we need a refresher. There are gonna be some new things in there too though, so bear with me. Now these days, I bookend each day with self-care. I wake up that little bit earlier to spend time with Linus, my dog, for those of you who don't already know, who you can probably hear clip-clopping around in the background. I do my skincare routine. I make my coffee and I meditate on the affirmations I have on my mirror in the morning, all before I start my day. My affirmations say, I am loved, I am enough, I am sober, and I am not alone. If you'd like to give it a go, think of the most loving things that you would want to hear before you start your day. It sounds a bit wishy-washy, but I promise you it makes all the difference to how I feel before I set out about on my day. If you struggle with negative self-talk, like I often do, Try thinking of loving things that you might say to your best friend or your sister or someone that you love and give those a whirl for yourself. If you want to take it a step further, you can write them all fancy like I have. Or if you're seriously lucky, slide into my DMs and I might write them in calligraphy for you. Now, after work, I exercise. So I'll do maybe a 15 minute yoga workout, 
on, from YouTube or I'll get on my exercise bike or I'll go for a run. Sometimes I might exercise longer, sometimes less, but 15 minutes is achievable for me. So that's what I do. And I know I've talked about that before. So set a realistic goal for that. Then I'll eat and then I'll start on my nighttime routine. Now this is my favorite part of my day. I love it so much that my friends will tell you it is often hard for people to get me to go out at night. It's lame, but it's true. Now, I turn all the lights off in my flat, except for my fairy lights and my salt lamp. I have a bath or a shower, then I put Linus to bed, then I put worship music on and I write letters. Now they don't have to be letters. I know my friend Anna, for example, finds journaling just as helpful, but the practice is simply putting pen to paper so that I can let it all go when I sleep. Think of it as backing up your computer to a hard drive. It's all saved somewhere else, so you can just delete it. I personally like to follow a format that is simply thank you, sorry, please. I show gratitude in my gratitude journal, then in my letters I say sorry for mistakes that I may have made, and I also write down the things I would like to happen and put those out into the universe. I do these things every single day, rain or shine, workday or weekend. If I go on holiday, My affirmations, my gratitude journal, and my letter notebook come with me. These are practices that are worth holding onto wherever I am because they keep me level and I would not give them up for the world. What are daily things that you can do for yourself to fill your cup? Can you carve out some extra time in the morning before you or before you go to bed? I want to challenge you to look at your daily routines and your work-life balance. Do you often feel like there just is not enough time in the day for yourself? It may sound harsh, but no one else is going to give you that time. You are going to have to take it for yourself. It can be easy to fool yourself into thinking you're having downtime because you're watching a show until 11pm. But is that really filling your cup? If you honestly believe it is, then by all means, go for it. I know that for me, downtime means really sitting with myself and decompressing, and I cannot do that in front of the TV. Now, having this plan in place doesn't mean that I never get drained. I definitely still do. And obviously, there are days where you're going to want to see friends and stay out late. So how do we deal with that? Well, first of all, I have to accept that some days I am going to be tired. I am going to be drained. I just am. And that's okay. But I can always plan for a day or a half day to recharge at the next possible opportunity. And that means not planning another equally draining activity for that time for me there is no point in planning a barbecue with all my friends for an afternoon when I'm supposed to be recharging because that is not a recharging activity for me I need to plan quiet low-key time for me that's usually on my own at home I'm lucky enough to live alone which I know will not be the case for many of you so if being alone is what recharges you where can you do that Could you go to a quiet room? Could you go for a walk? Could you go to the gallery or to the cinema by yourself or even out for a meal on your own? Just find that activity that recharges you and make time to do that. It also may mean asking the people around you to facilitate you being able to do that. Can you ask your partner to take the kids out for a certain amount of time each week or each every two weeks so that you can have time on your own or for them to look after them at home so that you can go up and do something just communicate with the people around you and try and find a time that works for you it's going to take a bit of compromise where you can have that time for yourself okay now let's look at ways you can counter depleting activities that come up irregularly you know the odd occasion 
As an example, I went home to my parents for 10 days at Christmas. And as much as I love my family, that was a depleting activity if there ever was one. I knew in advance that I was going to need to put strategies in place. So I planned a daily walk with Linus. I scheduled in AA meetings throughout the week, which always fill my cup. I brought a new book with me that I could curl up with in a quiet room. And I also brought all of the normal nighttime routine paraphernalia that comes with me everywhere anyway. So I knew that I had that in place. I also needed to be prepared to tell my family that I needed quiet time. Now I've mentioned that before and I'm mentioning it now. That entails setting boundaries, which we're gonna cover next week. Do you come to holidays prepared to recharge yourself? After a social situation, do you think about how you're gonna build back up the energy that you've expended? If not, what are things you can put in place to make sure your cup stays full? This week, I want to encourage you to write two lists. One is a list of activities which take you out of your cup and one with a list of activities that add to it. What you do with those lists is up to you. Thank you so much for listening, my angels. I can't wait to be back here with you all next week. Please do reach out to me if you'd like to, either on Instagram at ob underscore progress process or email me at alexoburnatlive.com. Please don't forget, you are loved.